Merry Christmas! Hello and welcome to Vice of Issues, the foul mouse spoiler for a comic book podcast where two fans and two non-comic fans talk about controversial comic books and comic book history. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Wait, I thought you were Daryl, but you're actually Santa. As as we're going to learn, a lot of different people can actually be Santa, apparently. <laughs> actually, it's uh, PC culture, so happy holidays. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. true. Uh, can't no. say Santa anymore. No, Trump won. No, Trump war, won. war on Christmas is over. Christmas won. Yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas. I feel like we made this joke last year, too. Did we? <laughs> I feel like we always will until we die. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably. Chris Kringle. <laughs> Xmas. All right, so uh, for this episode... <laughs> This is the episode we were supposed to have like two years ago. I arranged these episodes like two years in the, ma- in the making. It's going to be that good. Wow. <laughs> Whatever it came for, time for Christmas, I was like, fuck this bullshit Christmas stuff. Let's just do Lobo. And we did. Yeah. Uh, this year, um, we, I, I almost went into doing a Garth Ennis story, but I was like, okay, let's, let's maybe have one Christmassy Christmas episode for once. <laughs> Only one. So we're doing this one. Okay. Yeah, and it's we're gonna start uh, with a great old uh, old timey Yuletide fable called "I'll Be Doomed for Christmas." I'll be doomed for Christmas. So this is the what the Xmas special issue ten. I love little Red Skull in the corner with a Santa hat. You got this like deformed Captain America with on the cover. Yeah, I I, like was so upset seeing that face. But uh, so this uh, what uh, was Marvel always had parody books, uh, just making fun of themselves in the comic industry. Uh, what uh, was uh, the ninety early nineties one? The, this story is written by uh, Scott Lobdell, who was one of the biggest X Men writers of all time. I'm pretty shocked that we've never talked about Scott Lobdell yeah. on the show. Before. And, and John Byrne, who is like after Stanley Jack Kirby, John Byrne is the, the definitive uh, Fantastic Four uh, creator. Absolutely. So, which is funny because he's he's working on this story. So <laughs> take us away, Daryl. Yeah, it was the night before Christmas and all through his land, Doom's subjects slept soundly in the palm of his hand. So we already got off that this whole story is in like a rhyming scheme. Yeah, a very flawed rhyming scheme. Yeah. It starts off fine and it starts breaking down. It's interesting in because it uses the, like, I forget what they're called, like the the onomatopoeias that appear Adam later Peter. on yeah. as part of it. Like, yeah, when, I think that's, that's like at cool. one point, reindeers Santa. are laughing, going, hoo, hoo, ha, he, ha, ha, ho, ho. And Doom goes, if you're all done laughing, perhaps we can go. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I was just like, I guess that rhyme's not part of the scheme. <laughs> he says, uh, I have no choice. I'm flat on my back. I'm sure he'll do gak, gak, gak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few times uh, I, 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 I did what Ryan did, but then I was like, oh, it didn't rhyme. And then I looked at the amount of P, like, oh, that's clever. The amount of P of the, of the background is the rhyming. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it starts, and it's a night before Christmas, except it's Doom, and Doom catches Santa in a bear trap, and Santa passes out from pain. Yeah. Okay, one thing Wounded, I want to point out. Yeah. The framing device that starts is Dr. Doom sitting in shadows with a... He did decorate his own Christmas tree, and he has a stocking that's really, really long. Oh, wow, yeah. His stocking's like maybe two it, like It's very Seussian. <laughs> it's yeah. a very good, uh, clever uh, background thing for... Um, 
break that because like Victor will be a greedy fuck and want a big song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but like. I do. I can't imagine Doctor Doom putting up his own Christmas tree. So <laughs> oh, you, you can imagine everything else in the story happening. Though, right? Brian, fuck I you. guess you're right. Yeah. So Doom brings Santa over to his bed, and Santa tells him, "You know in your heart what you must do. Take my place, Victor. The world is counting on you." And so Doom goes like, "What's in it for me?" And Santa goes, "I'll grant your heart's desire, no matter what it may be." And so <laughs> Doctor Doom puts on the Santa outfit and the Santa beard, but not doesn't take off his mask, and nor does he take yeah, off his beard. Prepare yourself, creatures. Away we will zoom. I'm the new monarch of Christmas. I am Santa Doom. Yeah, and yeah he Daryl does point out that he has his cape on yeah. still. Yeah. And so he goes to the Fantastic Four's headquarters. To deliver the them. first people who need so. presents. The Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. And I love just this. This is just such a dumb comic because he goes, "Can my eyes believe this wondrous sight? Do they really buy gifts for the foes they fight? Now I'm angry. This makes me sore. I've never gotten a gift from the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and there's literally presents to Ultron, yeah, Krang, yeah. Immortus, Quasar. Oh and so then they, the Fantastic Four follow him with, like, Captain America and... But that's actually Avengers follow, because uh, uh, they see oh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic Four. That's who these other men are. Who's this guy with the yellow hairdo? That's Quasar. No, the other they, one. No, they, <laughs> that's Speedball. So, uh, Quasar, uh, I don't want to get into this, but... Uh, actually, I do want to get into this. I want an oh. excuse to get into this, I should God say. damn it, Sly. Quasar <laughs> is Marvel Boy number two. Uh, Mar- Marvel Boy number four. Four became Captain Marvel, Wait. and Captain Marvel number four became Wait. Quasar two. Wait, who's, who's Marvel, Marvel Boy? Boy? <laughs> yeah, he was originally Marvel Boy. He's the second Marvel Boy. No, who, now what is Marvel Boy? <laughs> okay, so Marvel Boy. Slide. It's, 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 Marvel Boy is he has the dumbest name ever. Yes. Uh, but he's actually every single Marvel Boy has been a good character, and this, uh, that is why every single Marvel Boy has graduated from Marvel Boy name. The first Marvel Boy became Crusader. Second Marvel Boy became uh, a Quasar. Third Marvel Boy stayed Marvel Boy and no one liked him so he never showed up again. Fourth Marvel Boy became Protector. No, Justice. Uh, <laughs> and then another one became Protector. So they all, they all were good characters. They just had a really dumb name and Marvel's like, let's get rid of this fucking name eventually. Good. But, and this is this is Quasar. <laughs> <laughs> and Speedball is, uh, he makes big bouncy balls. And, oh, okay. uh, He also kills kids in Civil War. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I feel like that's like any comic we read. It's like they're a goofy little guy, and then it's like they kill their family later. Yeah, well, it's because yeah, the writer are. always comes in. It's like let's make this serious because no one's using this character ever. Yeah, yeah. We will see him again in Civil War for for New Year's. Oh yeah, yeah we're gonna teaser. make you fuckers read Civil War. <sighs> Sorry, we've already read Civil War, the second one. So, um, yeah. the Avengers fight Doctor Doom. They they attack him first. And yeah, he, they overreacted. You committed no crime. Yeah. You get the impression it's clobbering time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the thing is, it's like it's like they're like it's crazy. Why are they beating up Doctor Doom? It's like it's like if Hitler was like on his yeah. like, dressed up as Santa true. and they're, like they're, they're just attacking him. Like of but course. It, it, the legality of a proactive attack is That's very true. Yeah, so yeah, then they're fighting. Look they, at fucking yeah, George, George W. Bush over they, here. They fight outside of a hospital, and there's a little like girl, little Cindy Lou who comes out. Uh, the art on her is really freaky. John Byrne does not do like big eyed characters. Yep, she has her eyes she looks bluer than blue and kind of like like a bug alien. Well, okay, for what it's worth, uh, you guys are being pretty mean. This is a hospital for sickly children. Yep. Burnsoff for the story is really good. Burnsoff for the story is classic burn for most part. Yeah, so then Doom, like, they all feel bad about stuff and then they all give presents to all the kids. She's like, why are heroes beating up Santa? Yep. 
And yeah, she has the sound of a single soft-spoken word. She has her eyes bluer than blue. Why are those heroes beating the tar out of you? And all the heroes are like they feel guilty. They all say they all stop, go silent. All the little kids come out to look, and Doctor Doom goes. These heroes are my helpers to help pass out the toys. And then I, you see in the background the thing with all these kids on his back. <laughs> it was, he looked into the eyes of these brave b- girls and boys. These heroes are my helpers to uh, help pass out the toys. You have to yeah, go in the rhyme presents, like, <laughs> okay. I love you, Santa, she whispered as he held her near. Did the king of Latveria fight back a tear? And then he goes back and sees Santa, and he's like... Get out of here, Santa. The next time we meet, nothing will save you. Uh, it's several <laughs> weeks later. Oh, yeah, that's wow. a long time to have nursed Santa. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, you know you did, Santa. I made my, I have made amends. Yeah. And even though we may be parting as friends, when next we meet, it will be as foes. Nothing will save you, not like, even your hoes. <laughs> Which is like reading that. That's such a stretch to try and fit the rhyming scheme. Yeah. I'm Santa Claus, silly. I'm no super villain. That was fun, Victor. We'll have to do it again. That's not right. That's <laughs> and he says, he's, uh, oh, one more thing before I retire. There's still the matter of your heart's desire. And Doom goes, thank you anyway. It's been taken care of. Then Santa departed into the air above. And they're wondering what he means. And then it's Doom hugging a little teddy bear. Yeah. I gave him no gift. I wonder what he meant. I'm sure I don't know. That's one twisted gent. Well, what was his heart's desire? We'll never tell. But suffice to sell, all's well that ends well. And, and Doom smiling like his... His Metal mask, mask is smiling. Yeah, yeah like it's, it's like uh, like an emoji. <laughs> it is like cute. Yeah. Um, I do just want to point out that you know how he was fighting back tears in the last scene. Uh, Doom only cried once, and that was on nine eleven. Weird, <laughs> weird tidbit about Marvel history. <laughs> yeah. The little girl says, "I love you, Santa," to him though, and she doesn't flinch from his cold metal armor. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. Great story. So, this is a nice way to start out Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, really like, I like the story. So, <laughs> all right. So let's get to uh, another uh, our next story. This one is Peter David, Incredible Hulk. His Incredible Hulk, when we mentioned, is that. And if you you remember, Peter David was the writer of the last issue that we did, our last episode with Captain Marvel. Yes, yes and this is a very different tone from that story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the cover says, "Because you demanded it, the most requested villain of all," and it's the Hulk, Gray Hulk, grabbing Santa. Santa has a crowbar in his hand. <laughs> <running> <laughs> <the> Hulk. <laughs> Grey Hulk, real quick, is Hulk, but gray and smarter. <laughs> and really horny. Yeah, really horny. Oh, He's like, basically, no. but so, 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 so what happened was... I didn't know Hulk, Mark Millar did have an origin in, like, the <laughs> horny Hulk being a thing. <laughs> yeah, so the reason, the reason why was because originally Hulk was more directly Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh. Uh, but, but the original series only lasted for, like, six issues, got canceled. And so when they, when, they, when they brought him back, they made him more focused on rage. And they made him a green because the gray was hard to get the coloring right in, in 60s uh, comic printing to get the gray right. So they just made him green and they changed the character to be, to be more uh, anger focused. And they kind of ignored the gray, the oh. gray era of Hulk. That's interesting. So this is Hulk back at like his origins. Yeah. yeah so huh. yeah, they wanted to go back to making that part of the canon action instead of just this uh, forgotten era of the Hulk. Yeah, and when I say, when Peter David brought back Grey Hulk as, like, the horny Hulk, it wasn't, like, in the Mark Millar way. He basically became, like, a big mob boss who, like, slept with women all the time. Like, he wasn't, like, must fuck everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Millar took that to another extreme, like, everything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is Incredible Hulk 378 by Peter David and Bill Jaska. And it opens with these kids in, I guess it's it's in a pediatric ward, so it's yeah. more of this recurring theme. Mm-hmm. And Rick Jones is visiting them to tell oh, them. Rick Jones, my favorite character from <laughs> Captain Marvel fame. 
Rick Jones is fucking awesome. Fuck you, man. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Why me? No, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to say that that uh, it came out. Fuck you both, actually. Another just like Freudian slip. <laughs> it's more funny um, because I'm like, I've only ever seen this character now, really, in Captain Marvel, and then he just shows up for this Santa Hulk. That's what I love about Rick Jones. Rick Jones shows up everywhere in comics. But he's never, he, like, he, there's been a Hulk movie, there's been a Captain America movie, and there's going to be a Captain Marvel movie, and Rick Jones hasn't shown up in the cinematic universes at all. And there's no sign he ever will. He's, like, purely a co- weird combo character. I love that. Uh, Phil, do you want to make your usual joke when Rick Jones shows up? Uh, I'm good this time. It's, it's, it's Christmas. I shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you. so Rick Jones tells them the story of uh, the time that Grey Folk caught their favorite villain, the Rhino. And I did not know, because Rhino's apparently, he's super sad on Christmas Eve. He's all bummed out, and it's because he can't get out of his costume either. How many yeah, Spider-Man like, villains must are just be a pig. unfortunate <laughs> yeah. people caught in costumes for their lives? So this was, this was a Ryan pick. Uh, like but, Doc Ock, uh, <laughs> his, his, his arms, are they stuck in him? So basically he has a, 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 a suit of, of armor etched onto his skin to make him completely invulnerable to everything. Uh but it also makes him look like a big stupid yeah. rhino. Or like that's sinister like. He's six. He doesn't have feet. And the Hulk, when he meets him, is like, have you not fucked? You're like, since you're in this costume? And he's yeah. like, fuck you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this guy is pretty tragic. Are the Sinister <laughs> Six like the Sullen Six or something? Like, are they all sad? <laughs> They're they're all pretty much they're all pretty much freaks like um it's like think about the the the, the, the Spider Man is like an out, outcast uh, uh people no one likes anyway so why why wouldn't their villain be even more so like yeah it's pretty great because it's like I can like these are I can imagine people getting weird powers and it fucking up their lives and then becoming bitter and villains more so yeah. than I can imagine like I'm just a crazy guy yeah, just, yeah. I can yeah. blow things up I'll guess I'll blow up people. So yeah. we talked about the Scorpion recently, how he's stuck in that costume and mm-hmm. is, like, really mad and just wants to murder everybody. Rhino has always kind of been just, like, a sad sack who's like, I sure wish I wasn't stuck in this stupid Rhino costume. He's, yeah, he, he says he says he has no friends except other supervillains. I don't want to talk about his uh, fucking fighting superheroes. I just want to <laughs> fucking talk about sports or some shit. Yeah, he's like, I want to talk about football or, or broads or anything but fighting superheroes. <laughs> And am I wrong? But the first time he fought the Hulk, he like wanted to prove himself, and the Hulk beat him to death. Yes, right? I want to say I want to say that. So my, the reason why Ryan's my favorite Spider <laughs> villains is, and the first his first like the first time he fought the Hulk, it was pretty much a Black Knight situation from a Monty Python Holy Grail. Hulk fucking destroys him like he breaks his fucking spine and like he's in fucking ruins. And Ryan's like, "Oh, you fucking run away, uh, asshole! Uh, I beat your ass." And Hulk's like, "I destroyed you! Like, like knock it off!" And he's like, "I'm gonna tell you, like, you ran away like a coward, Hulk." And Hulk's like, "He's being up. like, stop fucking saying that! Like, I can't let you! I can't back down! I gotta protect my manhood." Yeah. And Ryan, as Hulk's like wrecking him. Uh, Ryan refuses to keep, refuses to back down, saying, "Yeah, you're gonna run away because I'm kicking your ass, hard huh? gun, you motherfucker!" Until you, until Hulk fucking kills him. And uh, turns out he didn't die, but. He he, he was like I'm not I'm gonna make Hulk fucking feel like shit. Keep fighting me until he until I fucking die. <laughs> it's an awesome Christmas. story. He really is this like character. He's like I'm just gonna yell at you till you kill me. <laughs> Podcast is over. I've been Daryl. <laughs> so okay, so the. The rhino is is crying in a gutter in an alley, and he's looking at himself in a mirror, and he's like, "I'm so lonely. I have no money. I have no friends." And like, he says, when... "Think oh, this is what Rick Jones is saying to the kids. 
Think Christmas in a hospital can be a downer? Try Christmas when you're a lonely supervillain. <laughs> yeah. And then the Hulk happens to be walking past. Oh, wait. As... He also, he's trying to make friends with the homeless people. And they're like, oh my god, it's the Rhino Run. <laughs> and he's like, This is a great monster. And then the runs is the Hulk and he's great too. Like, oh no, it's not a great monster. <laughs> yeah. And Hulk's like, hey, fuck you. And then he just like gets in a van and drives away. <laughs> yes. So Rhino's like, oh, now the Hulk's here. And if I do anything, he'll just beat me again. I'm so depressed. <laughs> so then the Rhino, he's running around just trying to find anything to do. And everyone's running away from him. But then he sees the Salvation Army Santa. And... <laughs> Fucking he, perhaps him. <laughs> yeah, he has this idea. He's like, oh, I know. And he beats him up and steals his costume. He's like, I'll work at the Salvation Army. <laughs> and then a mall hires him as the mall Santa. And he's sitting there, and he immediately, like, breaks the Santa's throne, and all the kids no, he's laugh basically, at He's, crying, saying, oh, this is the first time I've ever been <laughs> He is actually crying. Of joy. <laughs> and then he sits, sits down, and he breaks his chair, and starts laughing at him. And they're like, look <laughs> at him, big tub of lard. <laughs> and, and that's one reason I love this fucking story, is because it, it, it keeps playing, like, the idea, it's like this big redemption story, but it's really, like, cynical in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, it's really cynical. This The first kid he meets is like, I want the superhero action figures. I want Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man, Captain America. And he's like, don't you want any villains? like the rhino and he's like they're big and dumb and ugly and, and they just get beat up all day yeah and then he lifts up and the santa hat's covering his horn and he's like he wants to skewer this kid on his horn and then and the kid's like wait you've got a horn under this hood you're not santa you're the rhino and he's like don't tell anybody otherwise i'll literally murder you yeah, yeah i'll give you the hoo hoo right up the wazoo get it <laughs> give me the ho 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 right up the wazoo oh yeah that old santa saying and then the mom like drags him away because there's a sale somewhere at Stearns. Mm -hmm. And then another kid wants yeah, so the then, Nintendo. As that's happening, as that's happening, that's when uh, Bruce Banner, Rick Jones, and another character called Clay Quartermain. Oh, uh, one wall. thing I just want to point out too is the next kid asks for a Nintendo Entertainment System with the uh, Turtles Ninja Turtles game. <laughs> Which Thanks. is just, I want to believe it's the NES one that's so hard. Of it's got to be. That was the most popular one. It could be. It, yeah, I think it is. Then that, awesome. was a, that was a big, that was one of the biggest NES's biggest sellers. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Game it rules. was just shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then the, the Bruce Banner and his supporting cast shows up, and Bruce has like diarrhea or something. No, he, <laughs> he's about to change. Turning into the Hulk, not yeah. diarrhea. Yeah, so he's about to change, so he goes to the bathroom to, so no one sees him, and the guy thinks like, oh, you got diarrhea? This guy's Ryan. This guy's like, oh, you got oh, diarrhea or something? I forgot <laughs> that he turns to the Hulk at night during this phase. I was yeah. like, is he so mad from his diarrhea? <laughs> no, no, so the guy's like, oh, come on, it can't be that bad. And he's, so the guy's banging, come on, let me in. And so uh, he's banging on doors, his banner is changing, and Hulk breaks out and, and breaks the fucking stall, throws a toilet paper roll at the guy, saying, all yours, and walks out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, meanwhile, the, uh, another kid no, is... This, Steve Jaskey is the artist, right? Yeah. Bill? He's, he's very... His Bill. art is so, so crazy, especially like when the Hulk shows up to fight the rhino. It's just the way he draws his expressions is so, like, doofy. That's right, that's right. That's, it's, it's very uh, very suited for his comic because it's very comedic. Everyone's expression yeah. is so exaggerated. It does actually, yeah. it does fit Peter David's stuff very well. Yeah. So then another kid is fighting with uh, Rhino Santa and he pokes him in both of his eyes. Literally, his like, these kids off. are so shitty. They start kicking <laughs> yeah. him and they're like, you're fucking lame. And they rip off his beard. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're probably some kind of supervillain because you're he's ugly just, and you're dumb. So and no one, <laughs> no one is ugly. No one is bigger or dumber or uglier than you. Yeah. And then the kid stomps on his 
Floyd. <laughs> yeah, but then the kid is just himself trying to do that. He tries to kick him in the fucking knee, but he breaks his foot doing it. But that. then the rhino picks him up and throws the kid across the whole store. I would yeah, if whole... this kid come. He comes and pokes me in the eyes and says, "Fuck you, you ugly fat piece of shit," and starts kicking me. I would throw him if I could. But then he lands into the, the kid lands into the Hulk's hands, and he, the Hulk goes, "Step aside, I'm the spirit of fractures yet to come." And then and Rhino's like that voice, that face. Yeah, and the, and the Hulk goes, "You forgot those lips, and those eyes." It's the Hulk. Now he's swiping my color scheme, and then they just they fight a lot. Yeah, and they, they smash. have a break because they have a break because a woman wants to give him macadamia nuts to I break up the fight. Yeah, and the Rhino goes, hmm, he takes a cookie and he eats it. And he goes, "These macadamia nuts," and she goes, "Why well, yes?" And they goes, "I hate." Macadamia nuts. <laughs> and then they start fighting again. And there's a lot of Hulk one-liners, like anything's fair in love and war. And I just love to make war. And like he throws bowling balls at the right, though, and he says, uh, anyone could beat you. All it takes is plenty of balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a guy... That's Clay, Clay Quartermain, agent Clay, of S.H.I.E.L.D. He pulls out a gun and he's like, Hey, freeze! You have the right to remain silent. And it's like... <laughs> yeah. And Rick's like, stop being an idiot. Come on. I think you're boring him to death. <laughs> Let's hit him with a stick. And then, uh, in, in during the fight, Hulk has taken his hat and beard and puts them on and says, ho, 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 and punches the rhino in the face. And this is when he's like, why are you such an asshole? And he's like, I'm stuck in my costume. And he's like, oh, so you haven't fucked? And he's like, don't you think I know that? And he doesn't say fucked, but he's like... He... he says, oh, so you haven't had a woman in how long? He's like, don't you think I know that? Why do you think I'm so irritable? <laughs> if you look at his costume, too, like, he just has enough, like, it's all blocked off down there. He can't even jerk off. Like, he's just... Yeah, yeah. How does he poop? Head. Is the question. I, I think I think it's like something in the, like they have a mechanism there. I oh know. yeah, like it, it. He exhales like carbon dioxide more. Something like that. And oh then they're, as they're fighting, they get back into the mall, and I can only assume the exact same little blonde emaciated girl yeah. is like, "Why are Hulk? Why are you fighting Santa?" I'm like, "We're." We're not fighting Santa. And then it's like, see, we're here to help the kids. <laughs> yeah, he's naughty, but now he's going to be nice. That's it. That's yeah. the ticket. Yeah, and they both give this ugly ass smile. So but good. the thing that I love about this is even though it's the exact same ending as the last one, now it cuts to the rhino as Santa and the Hulk as, like, one of the elves. <laughs> and that's why I love it, because that one's completely sincere. That one is the redemption arc from the yeah. scene. Yeah, and this thing looks so basically. miserable, and yeah. there's still kids, like, screaming and yeah. yelling and you have rick jones and clay laughing at them yeah and then the hulk the hulk meets another one of santa's little helpers or this is maybe a mom i don't know she's it's very a woman. It's a woman. and, and yeah. fucking rhino is like no yeah, <laughs> yeah he says he did and rick jones narrates he did manage sneak in a little christmas cheer so he boned that uh, yeah and what's hulk. crazy is the hulk is extremely ugly i don't know how he gets all these ones. and then the story ends as Rick Jones is telling this story to these kids, they just kick him in the leg, and they're like, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I'm going back to dodgy superheroes. It's, it's safer. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and that ends the uh, Peter David Christmas story. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, Do you feel like the Christmas that. cheer? Because it's only yeah. going to get better from here. <laughs> like that round. So now, what hero do you think needs some Christmas cheer more than anyone? Uh, de definitely go the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. so, well, here's the funny thing about the Punisher. The Punisher Definitely has the most Christmas stories out of any fucking superhero <laughs> in fucking existence. No way, really? There, there's literally a comic called Punisher Christmas Special. It had like uh, it's a recurring series that happened. It wasn't just like one off. <laughs> I can see that because he is just kind of like a dude that goes around killing people. And if there's one person that needs like a story about like being happier, it. I feel like but the, the thing is, they're not fit. like one. Of the, one of them is like one of them. I, I was reading a few of them for for candidates. 
they're all really depressing, like really depressing stories. Like this one's the happiest one. Well, yeah, because he can't change. He has to be like, I still have to murder people, Christmas or no. Yeah, that's yeah. my problem with the Punisher in general. Is every time they start to develop him, develop him, he stops kind of being the Punisher, and then he yeah. has to undevelop. Yeah, but well, yeah, 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 that's why I think you have to have all. He's, he's like Magneto in the X Men films, where every time yeah. he gets a girlfriend or a family, they have to die. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the Marvel Holiday Special this from nineteen ninety three. Yeah. So this one, this one was uh, was another separate recurring series. Marvel would have. The main artists from each series, artists and writers from each series, write holiday stories for their characters. The, the writer for the series, Carl Potts, was writing for Punisher War Journal uh, at the time. So, and Rick Levins is the artist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is still kind of a thing. There was actually an X Men Christmas special out last week that was like still the same. Lots of different uh, like holiday specials. Like this is still a thing that comics do. All yeah, the but time. Uh, this was like double size issue back then, and it was so was so was like, last week. All, all the all the all the best talent <laughs> on it. Now it now it's like oh Chris Claremont writing a Nightcrawler story okay Sly oh is that happened I don't know yeah uh, I, I'm that <laughs> anyway it's basically the exact back exact then thing. they had fucking Dave Cockrum writing an in canon story of the X Men by the way right? <laughs> so so this is Carl Potts and Rick Levins yeah so uh, starts with Punisher chasing this guy and as uh, down the street in the car in the car chase this and... guy looks like Moomin Rider I think it's the green color scheme <laughs> what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't From agree. One Punch Man? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't agree. I, he just has glasses that are green. <laughs> I mean, all he does is ride a bicycle. Is he that different from Moomin Rider? <laughs> That's fair. He's, he's not brave. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's stealing money from Santa. That's pretty Just brave. like Moomin Rider does. <laughs> so, so wait, so that's separate. For First, he's chasing the guy. First, he's chasing the guy in the car. And as he's doing, Moomin Rider rides down the street. <laughs> and the bicycle. No, don't, don't slander him like this. <laughs> and Moomin Rider tries to steal uh, Salvation Army uh, basket. He doesn't try. He does. Uh, oh, he does. He does steal the Salvation yeah. uh, uh, Army basket. And Punisher's like, I gotta keep that in mind. And because after he stops, the guy's chasing the car. And Micro's like, you're not in the fucking Christmas spirit. Look what you did to my van. You're doing Micro's all Micro's like his partner behind the scenes that gives yeah. him his tech and weapons, yes. right? Yeah. He's the Oracle. Punisher eventually ends up killing him. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> did he, like, uh, kill Punisher's family? Was he the one? No, like, basically, they, they uh, so, like, as you can see here, they have very different... Uh, ideas of how to tackle crime yeah uh so here he's like you should not do the violence on christmas it's bad and punch was like i gotta fight the, the war like, yeah gotta, the war on I terror gotta... yeah and he's like i i, I want to make a bet with you someone's christmas eve so i want you to go two hours without going doing any lethal days means and, and... without killing anyone or harming them yeah, no shooting, no stabbing, no hitting, or no, no offense at all. And Punisher's like, why would I take such a stupid bet? And Micro's like, I will fix the van completely and get it ready for you for your next mission. And Punisher's like, what if I don't want to do it? And he's like, you'll have to do the van as it is, as, you, as the way you should, now it has shot up. And Punisher's like, hardly keeping with the holiday season microchip. And he's like, what's the pot saying to the kettle, huh, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> Punisher now is staking out out of the Salvation Army Santa with his own uh, sign and uh, basket. Except he welded his uh, the the chain. So uh, when the when, when, to the to the Ma- basket of money. So that when Moomin Rider tries again to try <laughs> and steal his his money, instead like he goes flying off of his bike because he's still holding onto the chain. Then Punisher yeah, grabs yeah. him, and he's like, "Where is he? Where? Yep. What are you doing? Why are you shooting from charities?" And the guy's like, "Fuck you! You don't scare me, man!" And he whips the Punisher's Santa's uh, chest and sees his Punisher. He's like, "Oh, yeah, okay, I'm scared of you." And, <laughs> <laughs> he tell he tells him like this guy uh, making 
he's a neighborhood dude's collection rights for him. I feel so bad. I wonder if a lot of Punisher stories are like this, where he goes to threaten and murder someone, and then they're like, my kid brother refused this guy, and so that guy broke his arm, so I have to get money to pay for my kid brother. Well, like we saw in the, in the Luke Cage one, a lot of times yeah, there's yeah. an evil white guy at, at the end of the yeah, day. I, um, you take him, I just wonder how Punisher can still keep being an asshole and everyone that like has someone that's being an asshole to them. Yeah, like, he would eventually, I think, like, err on the side of caution before he just kills everybody. <laughs> yeah, before he's like, punks deserve murder. <laughs> he tells him the addresses, warns him. There's a, he's like, there's a guard in front. Uh, he likes to sucker punch, sucker punch people in the chest. Hits him so hard, he drop uh, like a rock and, and are racked in pain as a gasp for breath. Believe me, ain't no picnic. Ain't no fun. Puncher, uh, was like, I, I, don't worry, I got it. And he goes to the place, and the guy's like, oh, the guard is like, where do you think you're going? Yeah, and he, he rears up to punch him, and he slams Wait, his first, fist. Wait, first, 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 uh, Frank goes into Santa role, because he's still wearing Santa's suit. Yeah. So like, ho, 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 deliver a, a present here, son. You being a bad, bad boy, I don't expect a visit from you tomorrow. And the guy said, it's better to give than receive, you sorry old bum. And I got your present right here. <laughs> And when he punches Punisher, he rears back his hand all bloody, and sure enough, Punisher's wearing body armor with spikes on it. <laughs> yeah, he welded spikes to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty it's not, I love that it's not even a Punisher suit with some spikes on it. He literally got metal armor with spikes just for this guy. Because he takes yeah. it off immediately after he punches. He leaves it with the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the guy's like on the floor in agony. His hand's all bleeding, yeah. so he's not going to do anything probably. Uh, so then he goes to the head guy and he breaks down his door. Tells him like, oh, "You got triggered over as a newly as of now. All criminal activity will cease, cease, and you'll turn yourself in as a Christmas present for the cops." And the guy's like, "You're nuts! I'm not gonna do that." And Punisher says like, "I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not even gonna strike back in the fence." Now he takes a phone, and calls police, saying, "Now call, talk to the police." And the guy's like, "I'm not going back to prison." He takes a phone, and hits Punisher in the face with it, and Punisher just smiles. Yeah. And the, and the guy's like, "Wow, you really mean it? I'm just gonna be able to beat the shit out of you. You're not gonna fight back." <laughs> This is great. And so it's taking, like, furniture, so it's trying to whack Punisher with it. And th this whole time, like, I think this is a kind of interesting idea on, like, how do you try and subdue someone that's just constantly trying to fight you if you're yeah. under oath not to attack them? Uh, it's with some dumb MacGuffin bullshit. Yeah. He <laughs> no, grabs... but, but Punisher would do this. Like, Punisher would... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He would. He grabs, right. he grabs Punisher's shoulder and he goes, I'm going to beat you to a pulp with my bare fists. And suddenly looks at his hand and smoking and collapses on the ground. And, and he goes, who what? Yeah. <laughs> and Punisher covered himself with a special solvent tranquilizer combination that penetrates the bare skin on contact and just makes them, like, paralyzes them. Yeah. And so Microchip's like, uh, that's kind of cheating. Uh, when we go back, uh, back to the garage, Microchip's like, that's cheating, Frank, and you know what? And he's like, uh, he's like, no, we're getting out of this one. I won fair and square. So, so uh, it ends with them walking out of the hall together. He's like, great, now this guy, instead of killing him, now he'll be out in four years, so he has to go after him again. And then Micro's like, maybe he'll reform. He'll see the right light. And Frank right. goes, yeah, maybe he'll, he'll join right. Mother Teresa in Calcutta. Pessimist, Pessimist. I'm a realist. I'm a realist. <laughs> You're a pain that took us. <laughs> Only those who deserve it. By the way, Frank, Merry Christmas. And happy Hanukkah to you, Micro. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah. all right. And then it ends. So, I don't know what issue this next one is. This is this is part of the same issue as uh, Punisher 1. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. I told you it's All-Stars fucking time. <laughs> I, fucking I, I didn't me. doubt you. You said it's still All-Stars. <laughs> so, we who needs Christmas joy maybe even more than the Punisher? Thanos, of Dr. course. Dr. Doom. Oh, wait. Here he got his. <laughs> and so, this is Jim Starlin, Dance Crater, <laughs> and Ron Lim, uh, who was writing uh, Silver Surfer, which had Thanos at the time. Yeah. Yeah. 
And as opposed to all the other ones where it's like, oh, the Christmas spirit and there's people dressing up as Santa. This is literally like a just an actual Thanos story. Cause so is this part of like the build up to Infinity Gauntlet? It's around that time. It's around that era. That's awesome. So Thanos, uh, he's preparing to get like a new base of operations and stuff. And his robots are cleaning out a bunch of stuff in his old place. And they find a box. And in the box is a doll that Gamora used to have. And Gamora is his daughter that he trained. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's his daughter. And now she wants to kill him. And yeah. the this whole thing is just bit him recollecting on what it was like. Because he's like, he wanted to give her a normal childhood. I even went so far as assigning her a birthday. Celebrating certain holidays with the child in order to perpetrate the illusion of family life. One of the holidays we honored was the pre-Christian Yule. With shades of modern Earth's Christmas tossed into this. Of course, this fucking alien from Titan is like, <laughs> why don't we celebrate Christmas? Yeah, every fucking story. In the context of this issue, this fits perfectly in because every fucking story is like fucking aliens from their planet saying, what's this Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a. What did Jesus do for us? <laughs> and, and the part of the reason he did this that I like is that he specifically did it because he doesn't want just a psychopathic assassin in his employ. I wanted a fighting and killing machine, but one that could reason with a sound and rational mind. So it's like, like you have to at least raise them a little bit like a person and not just like a, a thing. So yeah. uh, Gamora is like five years old in this flashback and she sees the doll and she's like really happy saying, a baby doll. Yeah, a baby doll for me? For who else, child? Oh, thank you, Master Thanos. And then she <laughs> asks to go to the lagoon because she wants to watch some dolphins and it just shows Thanos' like stern, stoic face and goes, perhaps. And she looks sad to cut her face and she's looking yep. sad. She I knows. can't imagine his, his speech bubbles in anyone but... Uh... Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. Josh Brolin, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, like, he's forever now just Thanos in my head. Yeah, does have a good Thanos voice. Yeah. So then he uh, goes to do work on, like, his computer, and there's this guy, this bounty hunter that's coming after uh, his him. His name is Zatoro Laxtan, Daryl. Excuse me, Zatoro Laxtan. <laughs> he looks kind of like a, tw- a Twi'lek from Star Wars, except more bug-eyed. Yeah. Yeah, and those uh, those are much thinner lacus than yeah. you would expect on a normal male Twi'lek. Sly. I did not take seriously uh, the little... female twilight, but but male and with sharp teeth and bug eyes. I did not take. Oh I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Goddamn! <laughs> I did not take seriously the blood oath Sectoral Laxen had reportedly taken to avenge his family. That nearly proved to be a fatal miscalculation. And goes to shoot him, but then the doll gets thrown in his face, and then Thanos blasts this dude. He, he get, dog, dog gets thrown to his face just as the, by, by the shot, so the shot gets spoiled. Yeah. And, yeah. and then once Thanos has a chance to respond, he just blasts him into oblivion. Yeah, and then he goes, your doll was scorching the blast. I will replace Because Gamora's standing there, and the, and the Ash says this guy, because you know, he realizes she saved him. Yep. And it says, your doll was scorching the blast. I will replace it. And she says, there's no need for you to bother, Master Thanos. I'll make Dolly all better. Dolly will be okay, she says as she's walking away. And then he goes, Gamora. Yes, Master? Once I've cleaned up the lab, we shall go to the lagoon. And she goes, thank you, master. And it goes back to modern day. Yeah, where he's, he's talking to these robots about this. And he says, yeah. I should have known then that Gamora would not work out as a good assassin. That she would one day turn against me. Now she runs with Adam Warlock and his Infinity Watch. So many changes as he's holding the doll. And so the robot asks him, so what do we do with the doll? And he says, to the incinerator with the rest of the garbage. <laughs> And then we get some just beautiful, again, like Star Starlin. Yeah, I was like, about, this is really good. Yeah, actually. where he says, it is but a damaged plaything, only good for the memories it might invoke. But memories are for, cap- for those capable of caring, for those who can still feel. Too much scar tissue lies over any gentler emotions proud Thanos might once have had. All sensitivity has long ago atrophied. Caring is for the weak. 
and there is nothing weak about mighty Thanos. And he crushes his computer and goes, nothing. Yeah, he, he grips his computer, and he's gripping it so hard as he's thinking that he crushes it underneath his hand. And the last mm-hmm. panel is just him holding, you know, staring at the rubble in his hands. It's really good. Phil <laughs> <laughs> Reed Thanos does it again. So, um, that was the Marvel Christmas special. Now let's see how DC handles uh, Christmas events, which is very different. It's funny. Marvel is like the more down-to-earth one. All They always have fucking jokey shit. And yeah, DC... and like the darkest one was that like Thanos story, but it happens to like Thanos, who's like a, a villain that like he's doing this to himself, which is like the tragedy of Thanos. Yeah. So this series, uh, Christmas and Superheroes, the, the first issue was in the seventies, and it was all just reprints of like goofy Christmas uh, DC stories from like the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. For some reason, in the, in the eighties, they brought it back f- for another issue, <laughs> and every story is fucking depressing. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny because the cover shit, it's like Christmas of Years and the cover is them in Santa's workshop oh my making God, toys yeah. with the elves. <laughs> yeah, it's just them hanging out with all the elves and they're all like smiling and helping build toys. And then this story is called Ex Mach and it starts in the middle of like a snowy winter night with this guy that's stuck on the side of the road begging for help by of people that just drive by him. Yeah, and this is by Paul Chadwick, someone who yeah. I've never heard of. So Paul Chadwick, so that's one of the reasons I want to bring this up. Um, Marvel had their best, the, the, the current writers uh, work on these other their Christmas stories. Uh, DC had people who never really wrote these characters write them. Paul Chadwick is an, uh, kind of an indie art, artist writer mm-hmm. known for creating a series called Concrete, which is about um, a, a regular guy trapped in the concrete body. Hmm. Just based off of this, I would be interested in reading that because this, yeah, I agree. Everything else, well, not the Thanos story. Like with the Thanos story, this one has no action at all. It's just like yeah. dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Thanos, feels, Thanos still had action. That guy tried did try to shoot him. Yeah, but uh, that wasn't that was like a uh, plot. Yeah, it's more like down to earth. It's about like what happened, and now this is about like just this dude stuck here. So it opens with this guy stuck on the side of the road trying to get people to come over, and the caption is, To understand, think of being bitten by flies on a steamy summer day. The first bites are annoying, but the pain is bearable. After three, four, five, you start to get frantic. This feeling grows and grows. After 15, you are desperate, furious, crazy. After 30, the pain is larger than the world. You are nothing but rage and frustration. If it was easy to do, you could kill someone. Really kill. And the car drives right past him, and he goes, no! And he screams after him, and then he sinks into the snow, and he goes, no. Then he gets back in the car. Yeah, because so he's hailing a car, and the car just, just ignores him drives past him. Yeah, yeah. Then he sits in his own car. It's like an older man. He tightens up his collar, and then he grabs a gun and thinks to himself, and she said I was a fool to get it. Oh, I could barely hold the pen as he's writing a note, and it says, I'm sorry, but no one will stop, and I just can't stand the cold. And he leaves his ID out next to the note and then puts the gun to his own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right before he fires it, there's a knock on his window, and it's Superman. And Superman says, may I get in with you? And he goes, uh, sure, I guess. Superman says, are you as cold as you look? I could warm you up, please. And then <laughs> Superman starts heat-visioning the car to, like, warm up the car again he, he, and warm he him up. He visions him first. And he goes, yeah. oh, I can't tell you how good. I never thought I'd be warm again. And then he starts thawing out his car. Yeah, so here's what I love about this this story. Uh, Superman is like, oh, hello, citizen. I'm here to help you, like a grandiose statement. He's just, like, very casual and con- conversational throughout the entire time. Yeah. And when he's, the way he's drawn, he looks just like a guy in a Superman costume. He yes. He doesn't look like yeah. uh, John Heraldo. Yeah, not like huge muscles, like bulging muscles. Or, like, he's he dwarfs this guy. Yeah. And he starts slowly thawing the engine. He says, if I thaw it too quickly, your engine block and the battery, wa- battery water will crack the engine. So you have to... Th- 
thaw it slowly, and he's like, oh, that's fine. And Superman, like, x-ray visions the car, and he's like, here's all these things wrong with it. Your V-belt is broken, and your battery ran down. So then he turns to him and he goes, he looks at the gun, and he says, so why? And the guy says, it was so cold that no one would stop. They just speed on by. The cold just hurts. I've never known such despair. And Superman points out that he's at the end of a curve, so they wouldn't see him until they were already upon you. And, like, Superman's always looking for the good. It can't be that they just ignore you. Yeah, like, that's, it says, like, oh, it's an icy road, so they wouldn't want to stop on the curve. So mm-hmm. they probably didn't see you until they got to the curve. And they, when you're driving down the road, responsibility uh, fades away. So they probably yeah. were like, probably thought, oh, somebody else will get him, that guy instead. And the guy, like, he's like, I suppose. And, like, I took it as, like, he doesn't really believe it. Yeah. And, but, and Superman's like, but is that really worth, like, what you almost did? What about your family? And the guy says that he's returning from Central City where he helped his wife move. You know, she's just leaving for a while. She's going to live there now. Hmm. And Superman asks about his daughter. And he's like, oh, well, we don't talk. And well, that's, that's after. First, Superman notices pills in his, his glove compartment. Oh, that's right. That's right. And the guy says, I have a condition. Basically, it's a condition where the skin and muscles deteriorate. And Superman's like, I know that condition. And you have my sympathies. And then he asks, so you have no family whatsoever? And he, says, and he says, I have a daughter. But we haven't, but we haven't talked in so long because my wife didn't approve of their marriage. And uh, she's like, and he says, like, why, don't you go to, why don't you go call her? And he says, it's, it must be so awkward. She must hate me. She would have won. And he, he says, listen. I don't want. I don't want me to be preaching here. But there's one thing I know: uh, no person who's lost his or her parents wouldn't like to get them back, even one of them. This is something I know. And yeah. I thought that's my favorite line in the whole story. It's him saying about the experiences he had. Uh, yeah, yeah, that he's an orphan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, oh, she she lives too far away. That's in Metropolis. And he's like, oh, maybe for New Year's. He's like, the your daughter. disease is a long, hard way to go. Nobody should be alone in this world. If not for yourself, just do it for me. I'd like to think I didn't stop here for nothing. And that's my favorite line because he's like, I stopped you from killing yourself. So don't just waste the rest of your mm-hmm. life. And then he's like, okay, not because you saved my life, but because you made me warm. I'll call. But, that, that, but that's that's why I don't like the line. I like I like this add on to that line because oh, I see if you should feel uh, gracious. But he's like, no, I, I'm I'm grateful for you because you show me kind. Like basically, kindness anyone yeah. else could have shown him. Like Superman basically did what anyone else could have done. He didn't have, he didn't fly in and save them from a falling building as they were jumping off a building. He just came in and tried to help them out while they're yeah. Cars, he gave them an ear. He didn't like yeah yeah. yeah. So then Superman, he now the car is warm enough, so he helps him start the car. And then on the back of the suicide note, he writes directions to a kindly old couple that he'll call ahead and have and tell them that he's coming. No one should be alone on Christmas. And he's like, the only thing, now, they're very discreet. Don't tell anybody that they know <laughs> Superman. And he's yeah. like, you have my word. Thank you. And he gives them a little more directions. And then he leaves them. They say Merry Christmas to each other. And then he gets off at the Smallville exit. When he rolled up the window and said Merry Christmas, and he goes to Smallville, I'm like, he's going to kill Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but Superman took the gun because as he flies away, there's yeah, the pieces yeah. of the gun yeah. falling behind him. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, I thought it was a very nice a very nice touch. Yeah, yeah it's really sweet. That's really This continues my belief that Superman's as best whenever he's not actually fighting anything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah. I he agree. can be good when fighting. Uh Sure, he yeah. can also be good while fighting. <laughs> but I think he's at his best when he's just like helping some old guy fix his V belt. He's at the most like the most where I want him to succeed is when he's yeah. just a normal guy helping people down on their luck. Yeah. The thing I really love about the story uh, compared to like, something like grounded where he was very preachy and assholey. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, this. This is like how, how Superman should be written, where he just tries to like talk you out of him and just be nice to you. And also, like I know Superman's gonna win when he's like it's a contest of punching, but convincing someone to live 
yeah. maybe he's not gonna not win to kill that themselves fight. and have a disease that's killing them it's like ooh, yeah it's a tough one so yeah. he's a story apparently phil and daryl hate or <laughs> what why'd you lump me in i don't care i don't <laughs> care about this story i don't hate it but i'm like this was what made me like starman so like this is my first experience so i don't know why you guys don't like it like this is not like whatever um uh, <laughs> well it uh, opens so, with two people who i have no idea this this whole comic here's the thing here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the reason why do I, it <laughs> and thus Daryl regretted telling Sly to do it, as he took all his patience in the trash he threw it. What followed was several minutes of rage before a Skype call was hung up and closed was the page. But before long, the host regrouped and began discussing the story they'd originally planned. Sly was upset, but he finished the tale. A Christmas miracle was had, survival of egos most frail. So let us continue our tales of superhero... Merry Christmas to all, and to all, ho, ho, ho. So our next one, just to peek behind the curtain cur- cur- a little bit, Phil basically came on <laughs> saying, wow, this issue was so, sure was dumb. This is like the, the, the one we're not doing, right, guys? It's, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, and I, and agree. I got really butthurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is Starman number 27 by James Robinson and Steve Ewell, and this is a book that I have talked about a couple times because we've only done really bad James Robinson and have very rarely... for justice. We did cry for justice. We, okay. uh, yeah. I didn't and hate cry I for have... justice. <laughs> <laughs> well, cry for justice okay. is better than this, right, guys? <laughs> I mean, bad Prometheus in it, so. <laughs> I have frequently talked about my love of Starman, and this is the first Starman issue we're doing, and it is kind of a weird, unexpected pick, but it fits with this theme, so let's talk about it. Uh, well, this is one of the first ones I ever read. I thought it was a really good issue. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad, I like it a lot. But I've never read it on its own. I've only read it as part of the larger story. Mm-hmm. So reading it again on its own was interesting. So this is, we're, we're all having four different perspectives. Uh, apparently, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the only one who actually liked this on its own, apparently. No, um, I liked it! <laughs> I, on its own. I'm, I'm all alone. I said, it was, I said it was a different take because I was like, I kind of remember these characters. And seeing them as, like, just family characters was interesting and enjoyable to me, Sly. Right, I so, liked this. Okay, so, so, so Phil. I explain, fucking hate it. <laughs> Phil, explain what this was to you. <laughs> just to start us off. Okay. It was too many random characters showing up, talking about this guy's going to show up and the knights are coming and this man shows up covered in shadows like, see ya, here's Charles Dickinson or something. And then uh, Charles Dickinson, Phil's favorite <laughs> And then there was, a, there was a touching like plot of the, the Christmas spirit in it too. But I also didn't, I just didn't like the writing and the art that much. So I, I wasn't, I did not hate it. I just... Was I didn't, you didn't like it enough not to, to not want to, you didn't like it enough you disliked enough not want to do it for some reason. <laughs> I, I didn't care about it. All right, so it opens. I guess I'm doing this here because yeah. fuck you guys. <laughs> so it opens with uh, it's a really goofy scene where uh, they're talking as if uh, they're uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cratchit, uh, this, this, this 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 couple, uh, the O'Dares, and uh, the husband's like, "How can we, how, can we stop doing this? This is pissing me off. like that's pissing me off." But uh, I, can't, I don't know how long I keep this up t- talking like it's, uh, uh, you know, very like um, uh, up, up, overly peppy kind of yeah. huzzah. I say and, huzzah to Christmas and all things Christmassy. Yeah, yeah, and they're like they're like flirting. It's like tongue in cheek while they cook Christmas mm-hmm. dinner, and they're waiting for their. She's friend like, "I'll Jack. give you my fig pudding tonight, if you, uh... <laughs> Mr. O'Dare, are are a dire rogue. God love you." <laughs> yeah, and she says, "Wait, uh, uh, I've got fig pudding just for you." And she says, "Can I eat it?" And she says, "If you did, it make both of our Christmases memorable." And I, uh, 
So yeah, they're waiting for their friend Jack, who hasn't met the whole family yet, and Jack is Starman. Yes, so all you have to know about Starman is he has a, a big a pole that makes him fly. And it's really <laughs> a big, big pole. <laughs> he, he dances on it. And, and he's got, like, goggles. He looks a bit like Harry Potter might be the type. Which is another reason why I, I, I love Jack's costume, because he was a character that wanted to be a superhero, so he's just like, I'm just going to put on goggles. Yeah, he, he's like the one not-in-buff person in this whole entire book. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So this is why, what part of the reason I find interesting because he comes from a superhero family, but he doesn't want to be a superhero. So everyone around him is superhero-y and weird. And yeah, Jack debuted right around the same time Kyle Rayner did, like within the same year, and he's very much just like he like doesn't go on patrol uh, on patrol because he's like watching eBay bids to get like rare movies and stuff. Like he fights sometimes he fights supervillains and he just like is like why you mean and they just talk until they're like. He's like, I guess I don't have to be a supervillain. Like, it's very much an atypical 90s character. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, why his design really works. It's just, like, leather jacket, goggles, and jeans. Yeah, it seems like the reverse direction from the 90s trend of make everything bigger and spikier and Adam X. Absolutely, yeah. So so as he's flying, as Jack Jack Starman's flying to the O'Dares for Christmas, he stops because uh, he sees sees something and he stops down and says, how can I not stop and see what's wrong? When Santa Claus is crying, and there's a, a guy dressed as a mall Santa crying on the bench, and he's, he's the guy's, uh, he asks, "Why, why does that face?" And he says, "Santa says I lost it." And he says, "If you mean you slept in reindeer, I'm gonna assume this is all a dream." And the guy says, "No, I lost my locket. It's all I have from my uh, wife and kids, um, my house." Yeah, and he death. says that he's he's homeless, but he managed to get a job being Santa Claus. And uh, he had to lie about his address and social security number. And he, and he says, I didn't mean to steal the suit, but I left my clothing in the changing room and the janitors smelt them and thought they were trash. So they threw them out. So yeah. I'm kind of just stuck being mall Santa. And just says, like the rhino, right? He's stuck in his costume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he says, I wasn't always like this. My wife and kids uh, died uh, in the car accident. And, and uh, I started drinking after that because I, I didn't feel like working anymore with them gone. And one day he, uh, he he lit a cigarette and he the house set on fire, and he lost everything except for that locket. And now he got stolen from another hobo, basically. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, "Come on, Santa, let's find it." And as this now, as in between the storyline, it cuts to uh, random people showing up at the O'Dares. As Phil says, a bunch of people show up that he doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, at first, I thought this guy showed up Barry, and that was Barry Allen. Because I'm, I'm reading a DC comic, I'm looking for any characters I recognize, I can't recognize anyone. Me too. I was like, this is Yeah, and Barry he says, Allen. You still don't have my speed down, do you? I'm like, This is definitely <laughs> Barry Allen. So, so uh, da- uh, Ryan, uh, I don't remember this era as well. I, uh, this is the first O'Dare story I ever read. Were, were every character introduced by this point? So, I don't remember if every character was introduced, but I know that they had definitely established that the O'Dares were, like, this huge family that was, like, part of the city, basically, that there were a lot of them. So, I don't... I mean, it's been years since I read it, so I don't remember if this is their first appearance and that they go on to be major characters or they've been major characters. But the thing that's interesting about Starman is Je- uh, James Robinson created a lot of these characters, and which is very rare for superheroes. He made it in his contract where these characters couldn't be used without his permission. Mm-hmm. So... Like, when you see, like, anything about the Knight family or the O'Dares, generally it's written by James Robinson or has James Robinson's approval on it. Okay, so that's why we haven't seen a lot of the people that show up here. Exactly, yeah. So you're not going to see a lot of shared universe crossover stuff because it's basically very self-contained in Starman. Okay. I can see that, I guess. I just... It's like... I'm... You know, I... I understand not knowing characters when they show up in comics, but, like, it was difficult, like Daryl said, to be like, I don't know who the fuck 
I don't know where we are. I don't know who the fuck anyone is. And one of the benefits, too, about an issue like this is none of these, with the exception of the blue alien and the shadow man, who we'll see soon, are, they're all regular people. So it's yeah. just basically like a cop family. So they show up and they have, the only expositing they have is like, she's like, oh, my brother Matt, like, I can't believe you're here. I didn't expect you to show up. You didn't show up half the time. And he's like, I've changed. I want to be part of the family again. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. like, uh, okay, you know, I hope. I don't know what that means, like- but, but, but I guess I hope you have what just happened. And th- that's uh, what I wanted to bring up because uh, they all come in and you get a sense of their character just by a few lines. Like, yeah. It's, it's like this, the reason why I got pissed off is because this is why I think you how much you introduce characters like this, to me it's like a short story where these characters are all showing up for dinner and I got the sense of each character. Uh, when I first read the story, this, this is the first time my st- story I ever read, mm-hmm. and I got a sense of every character, and it just felt like a short story of this family. I got a sense of every character as they came in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, feel- I feel like, and, and I feel like, Christmas dinner is a more appropriate framing device for this kind of expositing and story. They're, they're trying to catch up with the family. Yeah, a lot of times it's, with superhero stories, it's like here's the dozen characters we pulled out of a hat to be on this team roster. So they show up and work in their powers and their motivations and their origins in really clumsy ways. But to me, it's set up in a way that you're like, okay, it's a family. And he even set like one of them, the first guy, Barry, who's not Barry Allen is like, I wish the, you know, my ex-girlfriend could come, but I hope she's having a happy Christmas wherever she is. And then Matthew walks in and says like, I'm ready to be part of the family again. Yeah. And then like the sister shows up and she's like, Oh, I just finished reading war and peace and I'm dating my French tutor. And like, we get that. She's like, you I, to me, I took it as she's like this college lofty intellectual who like doesn't yeah. fit in with the these working class families. Yeah, I feel like you get a sense of every character as they come in, and um, let me just go through all the introductions because uh, it speeded up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Then Mister Knight shows up and feels like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> well, we have the the cop shows up next. The Mason. Oh, Mason shows up. The Mason yeah. shows up, and you, all you have to know from him is he he, he invited. He, uh, like, "Oh, did you bring a girl?" And he's just like, "No, I was going to ask her, but I felt dumb, so I didn't ask uh-huh. her." And and I and felt in that one line I felt like I, I felt like a char- like like interested in this character like he uh, he's obviously like a, a, a f- feels down on himself mm-hmm. he comes yeah. in and uh, then we cut to uh, Mr Knight Mr Knight just comes in he's just like a friend of the family and uh, he introduces Charity and it turns out they have a, a, another character called Hope and another co- character called Faith and like ah the trio is complete so it's like this dumb mom joke they make yeah uh, Mikhail shows up with Mr Knight. Yeah, and he's just a blue guy. It feels like oh, it's a blue guy. I have to know why he's blue. I, have to I didn't make fun to... of the blue guy. Me, it was it was me that was like, I need to know why he's blue. I need to. But you don't. <laughs> I, he's, I viewed it as this is a, a superhero family, a family around superheroes. Like you know, have blue guys show up at fucking like this is what I like about superhero. I like superhero stories like this where know, I'm, they also, just have... I'm also the guy like when it shows the Green Lantern ensemble. I'm like, why does this guy look so silly over here? Yeah. But but I think for like for a story like this 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 makes me uh, I appreciate these as like that where you have a, a fucking Christmas family dinner and you have a weird person show up to highlight that this is not just a regular family it's fucking Starman's family sure it's a blue guy's gonna show up and he's not just he's not just a guy he does work with he's a guy he has Christmas dinner with uh, Mikhail yeah he's also one of the earliest gay comic book characters so, yeah you know, oh, wow. there's that too. Yeah, and so Shade shows up and feels like this fucking shadow guy shows up, like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it's because they're having a conversation, saying, I wonder where Jack is. Where in the hell is that boy? And then uh, Shade from off screen goes, I wouldn't say that, Ted, not even in jest. And then there's a man with a top hat and a cane and a black outfit with shadow around him. <laughs> and he's like, here's a copy of A Christmas Carol. 
Uh, First edition signed later. by Charles Dickens. See ya. But this is, but you, you get the sense of what he is. He's just like this mysterious dark character who shows up. Like uh, he he knows Charles Dickens personally. Personally, you can, you can get a sense of what what kind of character he is just by what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I said Charles Dickens I, before didn't I? I know. I made fun of you for it. Yeah, <laughs> and I agree. You get like a, a grasp on his character, but I'm for me, it didn't add to this story. It just distracted the story. I, I think I think part of the story was uh, the, the, the everyone's having a good time at home meeting each other and and mm-hmm. meanwhile Jack stuck mall Santa meeting homeless people and being depressed. One thing I just feel obligated to say is I think that that is intentional, like the framing device and everyone's and I think everything Sly's saying is totally true and that's why I like it. I don't think you have to like it. I don't think like, I have to like it I think I understand Daryl's qualms about it. I, sure. I got butthurt because Phil came in basically saying, why would anyone like this, basically? And I, and I, and I, and I didn't I, say that. I was like, it's boring. Can, can we, no, you said, can we not do this? Like, it's not even <laughs> worth doing. Anyway, that's the main framing device. So what is the A-plot here? So the A-plot, uh, which we've been ignoring. because we've been getting the Which I actually there. did like a lot. Yeah. Okay. So Jack is uh, going around. Uh, and, uh, he first he talks to a bunch of homeless people, and asks them like, uh, uh, "Who did you see the guy who mugged this mall Santa?" And he says like, "Is this is this is this is this creep? Uh, he has this ugly guy with a claw hand uh, working for him." And... Uh, not only that, what I like is he's like, "I'll give you twenty bucks if you tell me." And yeah. then he tells him, and he, it's to another like homeless guy like in the alley. And he says, "I know I said twenty, but here's forty. You know, it's snowing weather like this. You should get inside somewhere." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, uh, Jack then interrogates the guy, uh, one of the guys who jumped the mall Santa, and the guy says, "I was hungry. I, I, they were supposed to pawn it. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to eat." And uh, but the guy, as they're interrogating this, this guy, he, he admits that he got uh, ripped off by the guy he's working with too, and the claw guy was threatening him to uh, make him back off. He's like, "I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't hold him against me. I was just trying to eat." Like, and Jack gives him a hundred dollars, hundred fifty dollars, saying, "Here, give it to him. Give it." Uh, take it and give it to other homeless guys too, and you should also be able to eat for the night. Yeah. And he asks, "Are you just going to arrest me?" And Jack says, "Not tonight." And he walks off. And it cuts to them at the convenient the pawn shop, and it turns out they start robbing the guy. And the guy uh, got a har- the the pawn star owner. Uh, started robbing the pawn star. Pawn star owner. <laughs> yeah. The pawn star owner. The pawn star owner had a heart pawn attack. Shop. Pawn <laughs> stars is a TV show. <laughs> uh, he. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he starts having a heart attack and so the santa's like uh or jack's like i don't know cpr so we have to call the police and the santa says i know cpr because he used to be a medic back in yeah. um in korea. korea yeah he says do what i say and it cuts to after the uh, just to- real quick a couple notes that i just want to make about the scene one the whole time they're they're saying they're building up like oh this guy with the claw this guy with the claw so i was expecting like a super villain mm-hmm. It's just, like, another claw. homeless guy with just, like, a hand deformity. Yeah. yeah. And, which I think, like, thematically works really well. And then he even says, like, I'm not the only... When, after he says, like, you're a veteran, you're in Korea, he goes, I'm not the only vet homeless on the street tonight. Why are you shocked? Anyway, it doesn't matter. And, like, yeah. I like that he, like, basically is, is, like, implying, like, that Jack is just, like, like, why is that surprising? Everybody knows this, but everyone looks the other way. Mm-hmm. And and that, to me, was pretty important. And then he's just, like, listen to what I say and do what I tell you. And then they, you know, it cuts to them outside the hospital. Yeah, and the guy says the pawnbroker would... The pawn- star would have died enough for you 
uh, you're a hero, and and uh, Santa says, no, I'm just not a victim, happy to help. He says, he thanks Jack, the Santa thanks Jack for giving the locket back. And he said, like, you gave me your whole evening, like, I'm sure you have somewhere to be. Yeah, because uh, Jack says, I want to give you some money, but I gave it all to the homeless people along the way here. And, and uh, Santa's like, no, no, you gave me enough, you gave up your whole night evening for me. And he says, have a happy Christmas from the bottom of my heart. And Jack, they, they say goodbyes, and Jack says, hope you get back on your feet, and, uh... Sanderson and as he's walking away, he goes, I hope so too. And by the way, the name's Pete. And it just shows like Jack's character, like he didn't even know his name and he spent his whole night with him. Yeah, and then it cuts to just Jack staring, uh, standing there in, in, as it snows and just uh, looking uh, sad. It zooms on the sad face as he's just yeah. looking where Santa left. It goes back to the old days for the last time and they're like, where is Jack? What's going on? And Jack shows up with uh, Pete, the mall Santa. And he says, I brought, hi guys, I brought along a friend. I hope you don't mind. And uh, Jack explains, like, oh, uh, uh, Pete's a hero. He saved the man's life. He was a medic in the Korean War. And he helped the guy get a better Christmas than he would have had otherwise. And the father old there is like, oh, I was a nan. And Mason saw action in the Gulf uh, from one uh, veteran from another. Happy Christmas. And they all welcome the mall Santa in. Mm -hmm. Pete starts crying. And they say, no, Pete. uh, No tears. Not tonight. Tonight's tonight's for smiles and laughter. And it cuts to a full splash page of... uh, them at the round dinner table saying good food and good friends and good will to everyone mm-hmm. yeah it is and sweet I, at the end. I, 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 this, I always I, the scene where he's like no tears I always tear up I, yeah. Um, yeah, but he said no tears can you follow one <laughs> fucking direction <laughs> do as I say and what I tell you to do. <laughs> so that was a shit issue I, I suggested um, <laughs> worst thing like, I feel like you take things personally <laughs> <laughs> You notice that? Now? <laughs> yeah. Just, wait a second. <laughs> because I wasn't that interested in it, I'm not that interested in Sly. Uh, <laughs> eat shit. No, I, okay. I, I did like the Santa plot. I, 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 could, I guess I could see the family stuff being distracting, but I, I, I kind of like that it showed what, what Jack was missing while he was out superior. That's true. That's true. And one thing, I don't know if we mentioned it, but we covered it. Piece, piece, uh, like all one arc and then the other arc, mm-hmm. but it's framed where it's like Jack, the family, introducing two more people. Jack, yeah. the family, like it goes back and forth. Yeah, every time he has a time jump when he finds another homeless person, he has another family member coming coming home uh, to the house. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's the other the other difficult thing about reading a lot of one offs where if if to me and Phil, since it's just like our first time to everything is that we don't have perspective to be like, what's the rest of the series been like? What are these characters like? Mm. Instead, we're just like, well, this was like strange or weird. And plus you're looking at it like that you like it more as a short story. And I would like it more as a short story without superheroes at all. Like he could have just been Me a normal too. guy. No, but it's but Starman is a superhero. It's about a But I'm saying that he could have been the entire time. He could have been like a normal person in that story. I, I know, in just that story. I, I know, but I like uh, the aspect of it that... Maybe it's because of novelty around the 90s where you had no stories like this ever. Mm-hmm. No, but to me also, yeah. I feel like the like we talked about with the Superman one is knowing that they have the potential to be superheroes but still spend their whole day with just some guy who's feeling really down. To me, that's powerful because it's like I have more important and better things to do. I have a magic pole to dance on. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm be... spending it with you instead. Yeah. Sure. This last story is actually the most skippable one of the ones we read. No, this one's <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh my god, if you hate this one too, I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> okay, let's go quick. Cause we're okay. gonna I'll, I'll do. I'll do. I'm, I'm gonna do it. Okay, so <laughs> okay. it opens with uh, this is Infinite Crisis, uh, uh, Infinite Holiday Special, uh, which <laughs> from f- yeah. So uh, from it's by February Kelly. Pu- it's by Kelly Puckett, the art, a writer, and Pete Woods, the artist. And it opens with a kid asking, "Oh." Uh, 
If Santa Claus is real, my dad said, uh, my friend Billy says there isn't. He says Santa Claus is for babies. He says it's made up to make kids feel better. Why the fuck is this kid's name Tyrone Jenkins the <laughs> third? <laughs> and then he says, that's not true. Uh, and he, so he says, uh, he writes to Daily Planet this letter. And he's saying, I'm asking you because my dad says everything in your paper is true. Except the part about the moon landing. Yours truly, Tyrone Jenkins the third. And it cuts to the Daily Planet, the editor-in-chief, uh, Perry Wise, looking at it and says... Now this is what I call news. Kid, give me another toy. I want, I, I want, I want it wise. I want it funny. I want it heartwarming. I want it to touch me, not in the bad way. Got it? And then uh, he gives Olsen assignment. Olsen, hit the streets. I want the background kid. Where he eats, where he sleeps. I want, to, I want to know his next move before he, he. I want to know his next move before he makes it. Before he thinks it. Then he to the lane. Lois, be a peach and give me a cup of coffee. Will you, sweetheart? And Lois is like, but Perry, I'm your number one reporter. You bet you're, you are, doll face. Two creams, one sugar. <laughs> cool. <laughs> So <laughs> it's it's really mocking like the golden age yeah. style, yeah, it's, and yeah, it's, it's, the whole thing is mocking. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's a mockery a big joke. It's a mockery of because the, seri- the story is called "Yes, Tyrone, There's a Santa Claus." The whole, the whole thing is a parody of "Yes, uh, Virginia, There's a Santa Claus." Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Superman gets a super uh, man. Uh, he has a Santa Claus outfit with the S. The S is for Santa. For Santa. <laughs> he flies around with the sled, and Batman. Yeah, like, yeah. For, first, for, so like uh, Jimmy Gosum say, I think I think you know who this looks like a job for, and Superman's like. I think I do. He looks at the camera, winks. Then he ends up, he goes to Fortress Solitude, dresses up in the Santa costume, and starts flying around with a sled in hand. Yeah, yeah but then Batman he shows stops. Up he and goes, like, yeah, he goes to the house and he's like, magic time. And then he turns to the side and he, like, he face palms and goes, what? And then it's Batman looking at him with a jetpack and he goes, pathetic. Yeah. For God's uh, sakes, man, look at yourself. <laughs> what are you what doing, are you doing out, here? out here? Restoring a child's sense of wonder, teaching him that the world can be a better place. The Batman's like, my parents yeah. taught me a different lesson. Lying in the alley, twitching. <laughs> it's great like, too because it's it's old school Batman's it's like his his old like um old design like the um the blue the show yeah. the one with like the sixties Adam West Adam West show yeah. But and but I like he's like uh, he says like lying in the alley twitching. Sorry, look like to get back to the point. Like I like how in this version of Batman he like trails off on his bear on his <laughs> parents in random conversation. Yeah, and he's like sorry, sorry, I got distracted there for a second. My point is you got to take yourself seriously. You're a hero. Any calamity, any disaster, any great wrong, and people look to the sky for you. The idea that you could take a night up, they take a night off uh, playing dress up from a kid is patently ridiculous. And it's just the camera saying <laughs> it's like something out of a comic book. Uh... And Superman's like. <laughs> And Simmons like, I do feel kind of dumb, but that poor kid, I wish I could do something for him. And Batman's like, that shows what a true hero you are. Now go out to the tiger, save the world. And Simmons like, you're right, thanks, Batman. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> I should do something about the whole Middle East thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's like, I guess I should, but like the presents, I should get this get that kid's presents. So he goes to the house to seek into the house to give drop the presents. And he sees Batman dressed in a Santa costume, giving presents to the kids, going, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And the kids are all, bad, or like, or the kids are all like, Bad Santa, you're the best. I love you, Bad Santa. And Superman looks dumbstruck, and Batman in a Santa costume looks at him and winks. And the final page is Superman just punching Batman in the face as these kids look on in horror. The end. Wow. I like that it's an inversion of the stories we've seen, where normally someone beats up Santa, and the kids are like, Wait, what? What are you doing? They're like, oh, they're helping me deliver presents, and there's still a small blonde-haired girl. It's the same one now for the third time. <laughs> yeah. But no, it ends with Santa getting punched. And at the bottom right, it says Elseworlds, which shows you that this is not in canon. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I thought this was canon. But they, I like they snuck it at the very end as like a punchline. Like, oh, by the way, this is canon. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that they need to clarify in case people are like ripping their panties. Well, up. I think that's a joke on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, getting their panties and <laughs> ripping their panties. They, they could have just done that and. Like the first page, but at the end, right after you see yep. some fucking. Ha-ha. Yeah, I thought 
this was clever. I thought it was funny. So who, was, for our special was. holiday uh, final report, who makes the best Santa? Batman, the Rhino, Doctor Doom, uh, a homeless guy. Who who makes the best Santa, guys? Probably the homeless, homeless guy because he's the only person that didn't like attack a person. <laughs> That's I, true. Rhino was my favorite Santa. <laughs> no. Rhino, right, Rhino so, has a lot of problems. <laughs> all right, so final judgment on these individual story. What's your final thoughts on I'll Be Doing for Christmas? Uh, I will, I'll just say the only one I really liked was the Thanos one. Everyone, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like all of them. For I the actually reason. thought the Superman in the car one was nice, too. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I did like that one, too. You didn't, you didn't think these were, the, the, the last one was funny at all? I did it was, think it was, it was kind of funny. I, 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 thought, funny. I thought every page, like, every <laughs> great issue. I'm like, like, the, right. like, like, it's something out of a comic book. Look at the camera. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I know it's, it, it, every page has something. I, I think every page is really clever. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, that was my favorite out of all, all of them. I, I really like the diversity in all the stories. I found, like, there weren't any that felt like kind of copy-pasted of the other one. Oh, wait, I forgot. The Punisher was also Santa. Yeah, Punisher mm-hmm. Santa. He was the best one. <laughs> yeah, he had spikes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was instructed not to hurt anyone during Christmas, so I guess he passes the Santa rule. <laughs> so the only yeah. ones you got, the only ones you got, ones you guys would recommend are Superman and and the Thanos ones. Yeah. I, I mean, like the Rhino one if too. if you like Santa in general, read them all and decide for yourself. Check <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so them every single individual should cover here randomly. Yeah. Right, so let's let's wrap up this Christmas shit finally. <laughs> Okay, just real quick before we do, I have a big announcement from the Flying Machine Network to make. It's the holidays, and we're gifting you with a new show joining the network. So, everyone... (laughs) What? That's amazing. (laughs) I thought you were making fun of my uh, transition, which is always excellent. (laughs) So, uh, everyone should check out Elle and Zach on Short, Colorful, and Loud. It's a podcast about kids' movies for and by grown-ups, and it's really great. They do a very similar thing to what we do, where we look at, like, things that we used to love, and, like, do they hold up? What lessons do we learn from it? And, like, would you show kids this? Would you, you know, like, stuff like that kind of thing of, you know, analyzing it from a much more modern adult perspective, even though it's, like, something written for kids. And I really, really recommend it. And we're super happy that they're here. So everyone should check them out and all the other shows at the Flying Machine website, flyingmachine.network. Yeah. Cool. So that's it. That's all I have to say. And that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, so let's... Um, <laughs> yep. I, I, I was in the Christmas mood, and this is what shows what happens when I get into Christmas mood. Everyone just hates every book. <laughs> uh, so next year, prepare for Lobo. Never any happy stories. Never <laughs> uh, apparently, they shouldn't be fucking having happy family dinners ever. They should uh, never be superheroes. Slight, slight. We're trying to say goodbye. <laughs> no, we're not. Like, <laughs> no, we're goodbye not. forever. <laughs> okay, so I've been an asshole recommending these books. <laughs> I've been a bat Santa, and everybody loves me. I've been a pawn star. And I've been a pain in the tuchus, only to those that deserve it. Uh, by the way, guys, Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Stay Christmas. I give you the incredible flying machine. <laughs> <laughs>